Welcome to Traxxas, the running podcast, where we talk everything within the running world, as well as chat about athletes and coaches' personal life. We can't see feedback for podcasts, so please leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. That'll really help us out. Or send us a DM on Instagram. If you're interested in track and field and don't follow us, then you can see all our links in the podcast description, where to find us on Instagram and YouTube, where we post daily content. Enjoy the podcast. Intro. So, welcome back to the Traxxas Running Podcast. We do have two guests today. In fact, when I did this with a podcast with Max a few weeks ago, I, I didn't obviously guests or to say co-hosts because technically you are part of Trackster. So is it is it a, a co-host rather than a guest? I don't really know. So what what would you want us me to introduce you as a co-host or a guest? I guess for both of you. I think we can say like like co-host kind of just wouldn't go for you know just overall that would just be pretty nice. Okay, that co-host a little bit better. Co-host it is. That takes some pressure off my back because that means you guys can. Um, I guess take the podcast as well rather than me just asking you questions which is fine fine with me because I'm not the best at that um, I, th- I think for both of you guys especially you Edgar because obviously we've seen some of Holly's edits on Traxxas before do you guys want and obviously your commentary as well but do you guys want to sort of introduce yourselves and sort of give a little bit of a backstory and then we'll get into the podcast a bit more uh, yeah yeah I can I can go first on that. Um, so to introduce myself fully, uh, my name is Edgar Ortega. I'm from Southern California, uh, from Riverside. So shout out to Inland Empire, uh, and specifically shout out to the uh, to the two black runners uh, that, uh, and, and their podcast and what they're doing. They're also from the IE. I competed with uh, with with Aaron's with Aaron and Josh's team from uh, from high school because we were in the same like league and all. So uh, that's also cool to see. Um, I also I also go to Chico State University. That's in Northern California, about eight hours away, and uh, I'm on I'm on the cross country and track team there. And if you know the Division Two level as well in the NCAA, we're a pretty solid team. We got a third at nationals in 2019, and I believe I think it was like eighth place just this past uh, just this past cross country season. And we're rolling well with a good young team right now uh, overall. And and I'm definitely hope to contribute to that into my coming years. It's definitely been uh, it's definitely been a struggle to transition from high school to college and uh i'm majoring in communications with the minor in broadcasting so just having a lot of fun you know just of course ma- managing both the, the, just mentioning that's that student athlete lifestyle um and that's that's pretty much kind of like to wrap it up but without hammering it for for too long so uh holly can introduce yourself next <laughs> um okay so my name is holly allen and um i was originally born in england small a small town in Chester which is also where Alfie's from which is super super cool uh, small world um, but I grew up um, in San Francisco for most of my life uh, I've been there for since I was five so um, and I um, I attend the University of San Diego and I major in biochemistry um, as my running as for my running background um, I did track since eighth grade I did um, track for eighth grade and then all throughout high school and then I did cross country for only my senior year and I don't um, I don't run competitive competitively anymore but I still love to run just in my free time and for fun um, yeah that's kind of just like a really quick little intro for me what would you say is a big hobby of yours Holly is it catching a ball in the in the cup thing or whatever that is, I don't know what that's called. 
Yeah, that's the that's a kendama. Um, that's a, definitely a new hobby of mine. It's super fun. Um, but besides that, um, I love. I'm a huge beach girl. Um, I look, go to college in San Diego, so I'm always at the beach. Um, I also love singing. Uh, I love singing a lot, playing the ukulele, uh, reading, just like a bunch of random things here and there. So yeah. I've I've never read I've a book. In my yeah, editing's probably a good one to mention as well, since that that's technically <laughs> good point. Yeah, no, I um no, I love editing. I've had I I don't know if anyone knows what musically is, but that's kind of where it all started. Um it was a very popular app <laughs> back in middle school. And it's basically um, TikTok. <laughs> it's, yeah. And then musically turned into TikTok. And during quarantine, when COVID hit, I didn't know what to do with my time. So I thought I would try to get big on TikTok and I was able to get 17,000 followers, um, which is super cool. And then like just the editing kept on expanding and I make edits about just random things like running, obviously, um, or just like travel edits or like movie edits. It's super just broad, but it's, I love doing it. So. so breaking news, Holly is actually going to start Traxxas TikTok. I didn't know you got you were good on TikTok. So that's <laughs> now a job you've got yeah. to do. I feel like awesome. I feel like we're more free from copyright regular like things there as well because like copyright strikes on TikTok I don't really care about so we right. can have more free reign on the edits because you do do some great edits but then sometimes if only we can only share them to the story because of mm-hmm. copyright races and stuff which is a shame but on TikTok go wild I don't really care about copyrights on TikTok so that's yeah that's that sounds fine. great yeah going back to you Edgar how did you first like get into the sport because everyone sort of has their own journey and when I speak to a lot of people in in terms of professional runners because that's the most people who get on this podcast it's a bit different to I guess sort of a spectator and a fan of the sport as well as a competitor um so how did you sort of get into it first of all oh yeah that's a that's a fantastic question um so how I how would I originally start I mean just overall like the earliest moments of my life of like with running uh there's this it was like in elementary schools uh, I'm not sure I'm pretty sure it's the nationwide type thing I think it's now like the whole thing sponsored by New Balance, but it's 100, it's called 100 Mile Club. So we literally like the goal over the year is to run 100 miles, you know, and I think that's, you know, it's nice for like the average kid. And like I started going to public elementary school in third grade and I was, you know, that one kid, I was running like 200, 300 miles and like the goal is just to get 100 and I'm extra like that. And I wouldn't, I didn't really like know anything about like, okay, mileage or anything like that. I just wanted to run the most laps. So like, because I think they also would give us sticks to hold on to. And like five laps around this field we were on would, would count as a mile. So I think we would literally be running like about four to five miles a day, like in jeans and like not even anything that's like running shoes. So just running like a madman, <laughs> um, super sweaty, definitely not, did not understand BO in like sixth grade, which uh, for me in middle school though, it's, I only have seventh and eighth grade. And, and so that's when it really started to pick up like competition wise. And uh, you know, starting going to, you know, to start, started doing cross country, which, you know, that was a lot of fun. But of course, you know, I was, I pulled a freshman move <laughs> just by being in seventh grade and just sprinting that first 300 meters in my first cross country race. And it was like a 3k. And I think I remember finishing in, in like 18 minutes <laughs> and like 18 minutes started 3k, which is uh, super funny. But uh, no, I, I got, I, I didn't start to, you know, of course get into track. And uh, that was, I, I, at first I thought it was like, you know, you participate in track and field, like if you're doing the decathlon and doing all the events, 
<laughs> so I, that's the one, that was the only thing holding me back from starting track field in my mind. It's like, do I have to throw a shot put? Do I have to, you know, do the hurdles? Cause I don't want to do any of that. I just want to run. And so I started doing the 400 and the 800 and I just, you know, all throughout, all throughout that time. And uh, it was fun to win races uh, as well, even though with some terrible form and heel striking like crazy and looking up in the air, I could probably share some videos later on. That'll just be so funny to laugh at, but as in to get to like become an actual fan and like spectator of the sport, it actually started going into my eighth grade year of middle school. And I, I like tripped up, I like basically, you know, sprained my ankle while doing a workout because I thought it was going to be so fun to go ahead and, you know, jump over a planter and the, the height was too big. And so I, I misjudged the, the jump and sprained my right ankle. And then I was out, I was out for like a month or two. That was like my first big injury, if I like to call it. A and month or so two for sprained I, ankle. Yeah, a month or two for sprained ankle. It was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad grade of, of, of a sprained ankle. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll let you off. And I'll let you off. I thought your recovery game was just really weak. That's fine if it was a bad <laughs> I think I think honestly it was very weak because I did not know anything much about nutrition or anything like that. And then I started to actually, you know, watch a lot of a lot of races uh overall on YouTube. So a lot, a lot of the Diamond Link highlights. So so I remember watching like when Asbel Kiprop, I know obviously he's he's back i guess but <laughs> i remember when he ran like 326 and then just seeing like mofar in the back like running 328 or seeing topic mcclufey i know we have the video of his, of his video uploaded on Trackster, but i remember seeing the original video like when it's uploaded on this random person's youtube channel like i remember seeing that, that workout from there so um so I really started getting into it you know just around that time in eighth grade and then of course going into my um, my my freshman year uh, going really hard into it and, you know, so, you know, get on, gone on the cross country team with my, uh, with my high school and went to Mammoth Lakes, uh, over the summer. And that was like my first real introduction of like, what's the lifestyle of to be there to feel like a pro runner just with my high school team. And, you know, our, our, our team King high school was really solid overall throughout the years. Uh, we've had a couple individuals who were really, really amazing on the, on the national level and definitely state level. And I wanted to arise to that and just, I, I, I just kept on soaking in everything. I'm like a sponge and just, uh, I was, I, 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 at times it was overkill because I would, I know so much that even like my coaches or my team, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about this runner? What are you talking about Mo Farah trying to go for, you know, another title? And this was like back in 2017. And so I remember being in like the car watching the world championships with like a teammate of mine. And we were watching Usain Bolt trying to, like in his last race and he pulled his hamstring or Mo Farah when he, uh, I don't know, remember who exactly he lost to in 2017, but like he won the 10K. See, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the okay. sport than you. I know everything. So it's, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's not like it's sorry. my job or anything. It's fine. Ah, uh, I got you. <laughs> I figured it was Mokhtar Edges, but the thing is though, like Mokhtar Edges, oh, I can go all around Mokhtar Edges. He, he's a, he's a madman. Um, so yeah, just, just that, those are just some memories. I just kind of like highlighted that start and that spark for the sport. And of course I continue to follow it over the years. And I think just now recently, like just getting involved with media with it and realizing, like, I mean, I would be that one kid just always seeing in front of my TV and I would start commentating the races. No. Okay. Yes. I, I did try doing it in a British accent. I'm not going to try that ever again <laughs> because I would just hear, I would just hear all the commentators. And, you know, when you listen to the diamond league circuit, it's all British commentators and they're absolutely phenomenal. And so it's just, it is half the time, right? I mean, <laughs> at least half the time. 
sorry, I, I forgot that this is an audio only podcast. You said that they're phenomenal, and I proceeded to make a funny face and say, mm, not entirely. No, the, the Damley the Damley commentators are great. I think it's the the other World Athletics events where the commentating sometimes a bit. Well, actually, we know this because you did your own version of this commentary of the last World like of the Mirrors Games indoors. I think yeah it was yeah, and the live commentary of that was quite questionable if to be generous yeah yeah exactly and so uh you know we're just seeing that i mean overall i think nbc of course they they can you know we can all improve i mean even for me like i i made some some mistakes for sure in my commentary already and i think just getting in that space and just uh, listening to the feedback and understanding like more of the athletes and being able to develop stories especially into the distance races so being able to commentate you know races over the 5k distance is just that would be something that like that's that's my goal i want to be able to articulate that and hopefully hopefully commentate other events too because it's always fun to let's say you know commentate when the pole vault's coming up in the middle of a 3k or like a long jump attempt and so yeah just i'm rambling off the question though but like that's kind of overall how i got started and i'm it basically here i am now here here i am now uh, you know fortunately running for uh for a really good for a really good school and i have i definitely believe i have a lot of potential to uh to really just grow not only as an athlete but as a person uh within with the position i'm currently in so yeah it's, it's funny you said commentating on a 5k because i last year commentated over a 10k like four or five 10k races and it was just me and this one guy trying to commentate over five 10k races back to back to back to back to back and it was it was like sub elite until the last race see we're talking like 30 odd minutes 40 minutes try to commentate over that is really challenging which is I think a skill you don't really think that you need is to actually be able to fill the gaps with insightful stuff. I guess that's where one of the biggest problems with the sport is no one really wants to watch a whole 10K race, like start to finish without any extra bits and trying to add some like context to the athletes and stuff. Because you've got so much time, you might as well use it to highlight the athletes, maybe on a split screen or something. So yeah, I just right. to add and that on top there. of that is like, yeah, on top of that, I think it's just also like the fields too, because sometimes you can get 10K you can get 10k races but like at times it's just you you literally just can get like you know just like you're at your average joe's like just like uh, or like just or even i want to say like average joe's that's kind of a bit of a harsh term but like just these quote-unquote sub elites because i don't think they're sub elites i like i was watching the 10 and the sub elite field had luke brochet in it and that guy was an absolute phenomenal athlete and i, I love I, you know i love that guy or even seeing like ben blankenship like run that 10k like it's that was still a packed 10k but there was not the whole field was like of course not as full as let's say the original uh you know i say like the, the main the main course was like the 10 because you know you had you had grant fisher you had muhammad ahmed you had lopez lemong in there you had evan yeager uh, basically the whole powerman track club and then and then some so yeah like sam sam Atkins in there as well so just all, all these this crazy field which of course you can feed off story after story after story but when you have so let's say just fewer athletes in the you know, in the quote sub elite fields, that's obviously becomes a bit of an issue because you can't just look for for moves that are made in a 10k because half the time they're all just going to be in a straight line and just not not they're not going to be producing any moves until like the last like 2k. So this, that's just it's it really is as you said it's a skill to be developed over time and I I just hope to of course get better with that. It's, I I love commentating at the 15 because it's just a quick and short race and usually when it's it, when it's there it's a really packed field and you, you know you know every single athlete that's in there and 
of course you're falling into their season because it's like they're racing so often. So yeah, the 15 is <laughs> definitely the blue chip event at the minute. So Holly, your story is a bit different in terms of getting into the sport. And I know as Edgar said before the call, you, you found it later. So talk to us a bit about that and then sort of, I guess, where you're at now in terms of following the sport and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, before, like, I even, like, did track or any sort of, like, just running, I was a competitive gymnast for seven years, and um, then I did rowing for one year, and in both of those sports, like, we'd run a little bit, and just, as, like, just extra conditioning on the side, but it wasn't something I was like, oh, I love this, I love running. <laughs> um, when I did rowing, we did, like, we do three-mile runs, five-mile runs, and I noticed just, like, I was like, oh, I'm, like, I actually kind of like this. Like, it's kind of, I don't know, just, I kind of just like just the easy, I'm not saying running's easy, but it's just very simplistic. And um, I was like, oh, I'm actually pretty, like, good at this. Um, I noticed that when I was, like, a rower um, compared to, like, my other teammates. And so when I decided to quit rowing, I was like, oh, I'm going to join my high school um, track and field team. Um, and the reason I didn't do cross country is because my coach at my high school, the, his version of cross country was, um, literally running to like the taco truck. That's like probably half a mile from my school and then eating tacos and walking back. So I was like, I don't think that's worth it for me. So I didn't do cross country at all. I just solely did track. And so on the off season, I would just run on my own, like four to five days a week just doing solo runs as much as I can just to get me in shape for track. Um, and then whenever track season came around, um, I loved it. Um, it was weird because I trained with the sprinters um, because like I said, the distance coach didn't, didn't know what he was doing. So I'd be like a miler training with the sprinters and doing sprint workouts. So like I got a lot of speed work under me, but like endurance wise, I wasn't too good. Um, but I mean, overall, like, I just, I absolutely loved it. Um, I love practicing. I loved like killing it at workouts and like just putting in a lot of work like every day. Um, I wouldn't say like, I'm not, I'm not the most talented runner out there. Um, I'm definitely, I wasn't the most talented on the team. I'm not like some super fast, crazy girl that can run like a sub 530. Like my PR in the miles, like a 610 or 608 it's like super mediocre. Um, and like my 800 is like a 250 or something. It's, it's like my times are just not that good compared to what girls are running nowadays. Um, but like to me, like it honestly, like I didn't really care about the times necessarily. I was just enjoying the sports so much and I was enjoying like improving um, and just getting better. Um, and then yeah, so like I, I was always just like, I did the sport, but I didn't understand the sport. Um, I just, I just ran and <laughs> did what I had to do, but I had no idea what was like, I don't know who like Mo Farah was or like any of the athletes were. I didn't follow the sport whatsoever um, until me and Edgar met. Um, and it's funny because, so we basically met on TikTok and <laughs> our first like I think one of our first FaceTimes we had together we decided to watch the London Marathon because he's a running nerd and he wanted to just I think we just decided to watch the 
London Marathon together and he was trying to explain everything to me and like all the athletes and like the shoes they're wearing and like just everything and like literally ever since that FaceTime call after that marathon I just started um following like the sport more and more and I started watching new generation track and field uh like Ben Crawford's videos like all of them and I just started following accounts and yeah was... like track stuff <laughs> like like track stuff of course <laughs> like track stuff no sorry the, the OG <laughs> account the, I don't the say pace production account, no. pace production was called track stars with two a's before so they're just trying to copy really? us so yeah I just want to call him out there he's a little he's a little boy from t- from south of England who's much better at doing graphics than me but that doesn't matter <laughs> he was a track stuff fanboy before he even started his account so I just want to put him in his place but it's funny you say that because that perspective is quite interesting because I was just thinking then it's so hard to bridge the gap between people who do athletics and people who watch athletics. And the reason, obviously, you got introduced to the professional side was because of me and Edgar. But my girlfriend, who I've been in a relationship with for over four years, couldn't tell you, like anything like she probably doesn't even know what distance I do she doesn't understand anything so I think it still takes someone to actually it is quite an interesting sport to get the grasps off so I think it does take someone to actually come in and learn it and actually enjoy it and obviously now you make edits about all these amazing athletes so you clearly have to know quite a lot about that but it's just it's crazy how some people can never grasp athletics and other people sort of gravitate towards it do you feel like you've sort of had that as well? Because like you said, you kind of moved naturally towards it. And then sort of, again, like I wouldn't even be able to talk to my girlfriend for five minutes about running. She'd just tell me to shut up. So it's quite interesting. How no, <laughs> no, it took, it definitely took me, um, it took me some time to like understand every like things that are going on and like just all like the terminology that comes with the sport. But like, I'm still learning like every day and I'm, I'm still just a learner of the sport but I love it and I also feel like I think it's I feel like it's always I think if you like I think if you do a sport like say like running like you're on the track team or on the cross-country team I think it's so beneficial and like helpful important to understand like your sport outside of what you just do because then you can have like you can look up to athletes you can have people that inspire you and you can like have just I don't know it helps with like goal making and stuff I don't know I think like for me just like having an understanding of the sport more makes me love the sport even more because it's like such an amazing community of people and athletes so yeah I think that is one of the whether it's generally an amazing thing or some I guess some qualities make it a bit there's some arguments to say that it's not as good but the way you can engage with anyone in the sport is crazy like I know you did the edit of Keely and she shared it to a story and then you said mm-hmm. like it's just crazy how you're a fan of her but then also she can interact with your content so freely because if that was a different sport like LeBron James would never see 99.99% yeah. of edits made about him which is pretty cool that we're in a sport where you can do that I just yeah I just wanted to add that in because it is quite an interesting one and it's funny how you said new generation track and field videos because every single person I've spoken to says the first thing they say is they got into running because they were watching new generation track and field videos or Ben Crawford videos back then or Cooper videos I don't even know what to call it because that's what it basically was 
uh, you know, you're not, you're not alone, you're not alone. <laughs> but um, I think another thing to add on with Holly and like I've I've talked I've talked to her about this before, and that that um, I call her the young space cadet. And if you know who she is, if you listen off the CS Mad podcast, like she is someone that's really like, in all honesty, like Holly does more. Holly knows more in the sport than like Space Cadet does, but what's uh, she's on Space Cadet is uh, is on uh, TikTok, and she's like super new to running. She got it into it over quarantine, and uh, she's not fast by any means of of, of the sorts. But like she does run marathons, she does run races, and she trains with it. She trains and she trains for them, and she she posts about her journey the entire time on TikTok, and it inspires a lot of people. And I think just with how like the way Holly's been approaching the sport. Like that's, that's exactly like, uh, that's why I call it a young space cadet. Cause it's just someone that's very unconventional in the way they discovered a sport, but they're now kind of warped in like you're sucked in now. And, and she's, she's definitely enjoying it. So also quick side note, I'm a, I'll be, I'll be right back. Keep talking. Yeah, that's all good. Um, it's funny actually that would, because this is just shows how long I've not done a podcast with multiple guests. We've just got the timer. So anyone who used to listen to the tracks podcasts, when it was me and Rory, we always got this timer and it was like an awkward, like the countdown would happen in the corner and then we'd be like, oh yeah, soon we're going to have to cut calls and then we'd like edit the podcast to try and merge it together. Now we don't care. Like if anyone's listened to this, they know that edit is going to come in about nine minutes time where we're going to have to cut and okay. recall because of the, because of Zoom kicking us off because we're too cheap to pay for Zoom premium. Premium. I don't know how much it is, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not paying for that when you can have meetings. Um, one thing I do want to add before we do get kicked off I want to get some sort of, I guess, a bit more context about you guys as a whole, but also, I guess, we can talk about a lot of athletes and everyone listening at home has their opinion and stuff like that. So I just both want to ask you first, what is, like, who is your favourite athlete or, like, your favourite athletes and why as well? Because I feel like it's quite easy to say Kipchoge or whatever. Like, (laughs) why would you say that they're your favourite athletes um, and who are they? Uh, I think, Holly, you could go first on this one. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I have, I've been, I have two, like at least as of right now, uh, first athlete being Kelly Hodgkinson. Um, it's like, it's just a basic, like, I don't have a special reasoning behind that. I mean, she's from the UK and I just see a lot of myself in her, um, as an athlete. And when I ran competitively in high school, she was just someone that I looked up to a lot and she's super young. I mean, she was, I believe, was she 18 when she got the silver medal um, in Tokyo? Yeah, um, an 800. And I just, I was just so, I was just blown away. And she's just an incredible uh, athlete and still is doing amazing. Um, another one um, is Emma Abrahamson. Um, the reason she's my favorite is because she was, um, she did run competitively and she was really, really phenomenal. Um, but now she ultimately decided that she didn't want to run competitive, um, competitively anymore for her mental health. And I just say, I resonate so much with that because I also decided not to continue running competitively at like the D one level at my school. Cause I didn't, I thought it was just too much pressure for me and I wanted to have more enjoyment with the sport. And so seeing like Emma Abrahamson do that and she's super successful and she's super happy and she still runs and she still you know challenges herself in different ways I just I really resonate with that and um I love watching her YouTube videos and it's it's great so she's a super inspiring athlete 
I yeah. absolutely love everything about Emma Abrahamson. She's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like we had her on a podcast and we'll have to actually get her back on because I haven't spoken to her in a while. But yeah, she's just amazing. We always have arguments about who's better looking, Timothy Chalmay or Harry Styles. <laughs> not that. Timothy Chalmay. <laughs> no, but it's not. It's Harry Styles, clearly. Um, no. But I'm yeah, have to agree with Harry. That's, 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 Harry a, that, that's the substance of our conversations. Um, yeah. I think my girlfriend would also say Harry Styles because she has the biggest crush on Harry Styles ever, which hurts me a little bit. Uh, what about you, Andrew? <laughs> Who are your favorite athletes? Uh, okay, uh, so to for for me, um, I, it definitely spirals a lot. But I think right now, one that's been really resonating with me is uh, it has to be Josh Kerr. Josh Kerr is like just the way his mindset is. It's that uh, it's it's really like relaxed, but like so serious and on point at the same time. And he is always able to, he, like, he, he just is very, very decisive, of course, with what he does, even like when talking to his coaches and he's, he, he knows when he's ready and like he has full confidence in that moment, in that moment. So like when he just recently broke the British record, like he had the balls, like, like he had the balls, like he had the balls to just go ahead and write British record on his spike before the race like as in for both like the 1500 and the mile record and that's that's no easy feat and of course you know i i believe that he was gonna medal like before you know the before that 1500 final in, in tokyo i i believe and you know he did and he was so close to silver and of course he can definitely could have been golden that day and you know and he's always been there you know as I've, i remember watching him you know back when he was representing you know university of New mexico in his uh, like freshman sophomore year and was defeating Edward Cesarek because like just seeing that I was even watching it recently just his tactics are just they're so on point and he and he's like one of those people he watches a lot of film and I do that too so just just being able to take awareness of tactics and actually use it is something that not a lot of people do not a lot of people approach a sport that way they just kind of be like okay got the race just gonna go and see what happens no he has an actual plan like he uses his tactics to the maximum uh, ability that he can do so and of course, like he understands, of course, like it just falling out of fitness and getting back into fitness. Cause I remember hearing him talking about, you know, on the, on the same kick podcast, or just how it took a while for him to get back on the horse after, you know, after Tokyo, cause he took a lot of time off as he deserved to be, you know, he, he deserved to have that time off. And now he says he's not in shape, but goes ahead and is able to run like a 352 in his opener. Uh, yes, of course, getting defeated by you know, Ollie Hoare, but coming back a couple of weeks later, running 348 like just he he just is able to do that and I think a lot of that does like he has a talent he definitely has hard work but I think his mindset for number one that that just what carries him so well and I want to emulate that energy as much as I can to what I do as an athlete because I know at times I lack confidence and I think just being uh I think just being confident in the little things you do and every and every decision you make towards bettering your performance uh I, I want to translate that because I Josh Kerr does that so exceptionally well and i genuinely really appreciate him and also just he, he's he's a bigger runner i even messaged him and he responded you know i messaged him saying you know just thank you for you know being in the body that you're in and just like and he went through it and just um and being proud to say like hey i'm i'm in a bigger body than most runners but i'm strong and i can still run fast just as anyone else can and he was talking about hey how he got you know fat shame dad bought and all that I, I, and I, I personally relate to that. I've been called dad bod through high school, um, just with the way I'm built. Uh, and I'm not that tall either. So, um, but I'm able to run solidly fast and I believe I can get faster and I'm getting stronger. Does that mean I will have 4% body fat? 
no, but I'll sure as hell get stronger every day and being able to build up more confidence. And when I step on the line, I can say that I've done everything I possibly can to get to here and that I deserve the spot to race and I will race and get to the finish line. So uh, definitely Josh Kerr. <laughs> I think Josh has a touch of arrogance about him as well, like in a really good way. Like he, he is confident in himself and almost sometimes blindly confident in his ability, which for an athlete, I think you've got to be really, you've got to, even if the odds are stacked against you, you've got to believe in yourself. And I definitely think Josh does that probably better than anyone. Like the only other person I've seen with that much complete belief is uh, Jakob Ingebrigtsen. And obviously he is the Olympic championship and Kipchoge, but that's like a different, kind of belief because Kipchoge's just he believes that he can do anything which is doesn't really come from arrogance I don't think it comes from just him being a, an absolute angel but I I guess I'll answer this as well because I always ask the questions and since we are technically co-hosts my favorite athlete it's harder for me because I obviously speak to them quite a lot so I'm going to try and stay away from people I don't speak to which is not to flex it's, it doesn't leave with many um <laughs> I think I, even though I do speak to him a tiny bit, it, I think probably my favourite at the minute is Henrik Ingebrigtsen. Um, I, I just love the just love the Norwegians as a whole, um, but Henrik and Carson Wallholm probably my two favourites. I don't speak to too frequently, um, but Henrik, like he's been through such a tough time, and he was sort of the guinea pig and was the first, I guess, the first aspect of the Ingebrigtsen team. And I just think his personality is amazing. The way he looks is amazing. Is he's, he's just everything he goes about himself is just amazing. So. I think Henrik is, and I've had a long thought about this, Henrik is probably my favourite, but for anyone who's listening, Sam Parsons, I, t I speak to him too much to call him one of my favourites, same with Craig, same with Mo Farah, I speak to him too much to call him one of my favourites, yeah, that's Mo Farah, by the way, I speak to Mo Farah frequently, which is <laughs> weird to say, don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever announced that on Instagram, I speak to Mo Farah quite a bit in the DMs, which is weird saying that. Um, just to be sliding in the DMs, you know, just <laughs> with a double, I, double Olympic champ, quadruple. <laughs> we might get cut off. So I'm going to put this. I've got voice notes from Mo Farah telling me what race he was going to do this year before it was announced publicly, and he just told me to keep a secret and not to, and not announce what race it was, and I did. I kept that secret for him. So <clears throat> we're best friends. Favorite content creators. We'll go to you, Edgar, first, and then we'll go to Holly second. In the running space. Oh shoot! Yeah. Right, okay. Back. Definitely. Okay. I'm back. I'm back. Shoot. I'm back. Is that a good answer? Yeah, I cut off. Sorry. Yeah. Favorite content creators in the in the running space, and also okay, not very ex externally from running as well. Okay. Oh wow. It's it's been tough because over the years it's kind of it's shifted, of course, as I've, as I've grown up. So like, definitely, you know, if we're talking outside of running first, um, I would watch a lot of Phase Clan. Like I was a Call of Duty fanboy. Still play Call of Duty now, but just obviously not as good or as many hours as before. Uh, I literally would play like ten hours a day in middle school. This was disgusting. But uh, <laughs> uh, and then I would, over time it would uh, transition kind of more into, of course, yes, mainly running content. But yeah, right now it's you know yes, still running content. But I've also been watching a lot of like yard sale, like reselling stuff, like on eBay. Because I have a lot of like flea markets here, you know, especially here in SoCal, which I call swap meets. They're called, they're called swap meets here. But um, I went to one on Sunday and I, it felt like home to me. <laughs> just buying, just buying like new stuff, like, you know, new shoes. There's so there's a lady selling pokos uh, over there, like at the, at the swap meet that, that I go to for like $55. And it's like Rincon 3s. 
or like carbon x's or you know it shows the quality of hokers that just shows the quality of hokers now (laughs) how how they have fallen what a shame uh it's it's good enough for me right now as a as as, you know a college student that doesn't get gear so uh, at least like running gear um so there's that uh that's like I, and one of the YouTubers is like that's a reseller is a Harry Tornado. And so I've been watching him a lot recently. I've just been addicted. Um, as for running creators, oh man. Right now, I think the best for sure. Uh, one, tracks the videos. Obviously, I'd love to track the videos. <laughs> Starting plugging into YouTube. Regular videos <laughs> now. Pl- you know, plugging in the videos. Um, loving it. Loving all the exposure and just the, the variety. Um, you got to appreciate the athlete special uh, over just absolutely just uh, one of the obviously one of the very first um, Seth James Demore. There literally comes a time, or at least three or four times in the year, where I literally would watch his stuff like for two months straight, and then times where I just kind of fall off. But he always consistently brings up amazing content for the vlogs, and it's it does appeal to everyone, and not just like the serious runners, just you know, just someone who's just started walking the other day. They can watch him, and it's it's always a great journey. And he runs some impressive. He's still you know impressively fit for his age, and. Um, and just the, the insight he brings to training is it's so it, it's always refreshing to see and of course you know reviewing shoes like that's your guy that's your guy for, for, for reviewing shoes right right now at the moment i know chuck we're trying to get on that i'm trying to get on that okay but um i think i i will say i'm gonna go a little bit onto kind of a bit of a side rant on just some other content creators over the over the years because i mean for the way that like i entered the running world is when YouTube started to pick up with it. So seeing Emma Abrahamson and also another University of Oregon athlete, Mitch Modin, which I think he still makes videos. He's the Catholic. And I, I loved his videos like so much in like 2017, 2018. He still posts them now. And, you know, he's really trying. I, I really hope he blows up a lot more because he does, he, he tests a lot, uh, a lot of things. He would even be having a GoPro attached to him as he does like hurdle workouts. And so, that's like fantastic to see and or i remember seeing like you know let's say zach levette or ryan trahan <laughs> you know back R. in R. those P. early days yeah r.i.p r.i.p man oh <laughs> just quite a cool thing about them is zach now works for ryan he's never publicly announced this and i could be slightly wrong but zach moved to texas to be an editor for a youtuber who he knew ryan trahan is in Texas. Zach Levitt's been in Ryan Trahan's videos before. It kind of adds up. So Zach Levitt, as far as I'm aware, is Ryan Trahan's editor, which is kind of like a full wow. circle funny thing. That is wild to hear. Yeah. Oh, I also there's this other guy. Oh, I like I just I'm just like naming out YouTubers that I missed, like watching. Um, ben Barros was also like he was a bit of a definitely like out there. Like he definitely not. Like he just was definitely was a very like awkward personality, but showing his training was really nice to see. And he would do a lot of his workouts solo when he was really fit in 2017. And or seeing if I'm I'm not sure if people if people are knowing these these athletes that I'm naming, shout out to you because you've really been like sticking to it and really seeing the YouTube game grow. Soren Nudson. Soren Nudson, he is a guy that committed to NAU. He had like a 404, 408 mile coming out of high school. And like I remember following his core routine. And like he was showing us, you know how you know how it is to be on the NAU team, but unfortunately, like I think after like a year at NAU, he just kind of stopped. And I think he was like homeless for a little bit, or like working in construction. I gotta look up on that update. I really, truly never knew, really like where, like what happened to him. I wish he kept running because he had just such a good personality, uh, you know, on YouTube. And for the time, it was really nice. And of course, Emma Abrahamson stuck. 
athlete special stuck and uh, definitely actually athlete special holds a nice close close pace in my heart especially now realizing that like he's you know at first I was thinking he was going to be one of those guys like coming out of the gates to run like let's say sub 335 or something like that but it's been a different journey for him but regardless he's been open about it and I think that's what I love about it so much is that he has an entire he has a different journey than most like the most pro runners out there and he's showing the real stuff that goes around and I, I think a lot of people can really appreciate that, that that type of journey and also relate to it despite not everyone who watches him is a you know a 339 meter runner you know so that's definitely uh answers the question towards that um shout out spencer brown i, th- I think we're going to start some beef with uh little spencer again had some beef with him in the past i might dm him after this <laughs> podcast and start something again i do quite enjoy beefing with spencer so <laughs> it's a shame because indoors he ran he ended up running faster than me in the 3k because i didn't get to race again so i might have to take that <laughs> onto outdoors and let, let's let's race might actually even fly to the U.S. just to race Spencer Brown. In fact, I'm going to make, I'm going to make that happen. I dare, I dare you to go for the Brian Clay Invitational. You go to the Brian Clay Invitational, I will be there. Oh, I, I will the watch 15, that meet. He's doing the 15, though. No way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not racing over 15. I'm not running. You got it. Why not? Come on now. Because <laughs> he, would, he would beat me in the 15. Um, I'm just making sure my... Okay, good. I was just making sure my speakers are coming out from the right place. So, Holly, what about your favorite content creators in and outside of the sport um okay starting with outside of the sport um and i mean i don't watch youtube as much now um but before i like watched david dobrik a lot uh roman atwood um and then i watched a british uh youtuber her name's zoella and her boyfriend alfie days Yep. They're the best. I like was obsessed with them for like two years and like literally loved them. But then she like stopped, they stopped like vlogging for a while because she got pregnant and just had like a child. But I love them. They're a great, great account. Um, and then with running, um, obviously new gen. I just I like I just love um the videos because like they're pretty short so it's like my attention span is like it's like perfect and I just love like the energy of those videos it just always puts me in a good mood and I just makes me absolutely love the sport and I love the people and the guys in the video um another running accounts the sweat elite training (laughs) sessions oh yeah (laughs) I'm sorry okay I I don't know I don't know (laughs) I don't know what Alfie's problem is with it (laughs) is is Alfie good (laughs) What? No, no, I, I love sweat elite training sessions. In fact, at the so at the Solomon, it's just a competitor, isn't it? You know, you can't, um, I can't really call them a competitor because they're making content, we're not. Uh, but I was at the Solomon Phantasm 24-hour event and Angus was there from Sweat Elite and he's amazing. He'd just come back from Kenya and he was in London and his energy was crazy. So yeah, shout out yeah, to Sweat Elite training how sessions. How often does that man travel? How often a lot. does that man travel? I know, he, as well. I know it's not just him. So there's Angus and Matt, yeah. I guess, the two main filmers. Matt's in Kenya at the minute, and Angus was in Kenya, and they kind of swapped. And then I think Angus is going to Ethiopia. Um, so, yeah, they get around. They get around a lot. But I yeah. guess that's what you can do when you get millions of views on YouTube. Travel. Yeah. Yeah, nice. and, I, I, yeah and I think to highlight other creators, I mean, of course, we're missing out. Like, what are they to also highlight just other people's. I mean, Morgan McDonald's awesome. Tim Manalid's awesome. Um, 
and, and like you said, sweat elite's oh also awesome. Yeah, like Tim and, and like, Elite. No, I love Tim. I love Tim and Elite. Great, I, I think just like I as of watching. recently for me, I've just been watching a lot of athlete specials. So, um, but yeah, just 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 shout out to the other athletes. Like I mean, to these <laughs> other people, like we were not forgetting y'all. Okay, <laughs> we're not forgetting y'all. But hell yeah, <laughs> I feel like I, in a good, I feel like there's a good spot at the minute where there is quite a lot of content creators in running, but a lot of them seem to come mm. like come in hot in the game and then sort of trickle out a bit. So it's good to see that Sweat Elite have sort of stayed in and like seeing the OG. Is is the athlete special the only OG who actually does track and field content still? Because I know Emma is an OG, but she her content's a bit more lifestyle based. Is 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 Spencer the only OG left? I he think is, so. To be honest, I, I don't remember any any other. I mean, you could also say, um, well, the one Seth I, James I Dean like, and stuff field, like that. But, um, this, Okay, yeah, Sage James Moore and also Sage Candidate. Sage Candidate yeah. is like the OG OG of, along with like the Ginger Runner. Uh, Ginger Runner was more like shoe reviews, but like for Sage Candidate, I mean, he's been at it for so long and he has not changed one bit. And I think that's what we love about him. He just, he sticks to, he sticks to his core and, um, and so he's always a very wholesome guy. And uh, it's just, <laughs> I, I, I always get a laugh when I think about it because I just think about him like, you know, playing his music and the intros of his, of, his, of his videos. And it's it's the funniest thing. I love it. Legend, legendary collaboration. Sage kind of day in the athlete special track. That track was workout. amazing. At Kipchoge mile pace, at Kipchoge pace or something like that. Honestly. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, the next question I have, I can't believe it's, we've been on this podcast for so long and I've, I've asked two questions. Um, so the next one is the, your favorite performance of 2022 so far. You, what you have to pick one. Ooh, that is so tough. Um, and I, I think I'm it's already going to guess what Holly's is, but you can go first, Edgar, and then I'll guess what Holly's is. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I think like for, uh, unfortunately for, for, uh, okay. Holly and I do watch a lot of track field together. Cause that's like kind of like how I rap her in the sport, but we actually, we practically missed like the whole NCAA weekend. So uh, unfortunately as for the, re I'm not, I can't do a recency bias. Um, Cause I, I know some of the winners for like who won the NCAA, like the tours and like, you know, seeing like, you know, New Balance Internationals is cool. But so like, I'm just going to say that right now. I've not, we have not seen really much of that. Um, hopefully soon, and maybe I would have picked one of those races there. But uh, if I, oh, it's just it's tough because just trying to follow everything. Uh, I would say it's it's a mix between um, like three races in particular. Um, Jakob's world record in the fifteen. Uh, one race, you can't you can't be doing that. You can't tell us you're free, but then you've got to pick uh, one. You've got to pick. Okay, one. okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll decipher. Okay, so Jakob's fifteen under record. Um, Josh Kerr's 348 mile. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. You know what? Screw it. I, I, I was going to say more. I was also going to say like the 10,000 meters, like for Grand Fisher. But to be honest, I'm going to have to go and choose Jordy Beamish's uh, 3K from Milrose. That's for sure has to be because I remember just like commentating that. Like it's posted. You guys can look at my Instagram. It was just, I was so shocked i literally cannot speak from just what was happening in that 3k it's because the, the it, it, i can i'm even starting right now because i'm just thinking of it it just there was so much action happening within that last 800 meters of everyone flying on the track and and just seeing jordy bemis manage he, he, that man doesn't race like a normal person he just he somehow just stays like in the middle of the back of the pack and he just finds that extra gear and 
just clips everyone at the end. And he's done it now for, I'm not sure how, how many times now. He just did it to Ollie Hoare just the other week. So he might do it again, <laughs> just waiting on it. It's weird though, because so, sometimes he doesn't kick. Like he remember the mile he did the week after uh, Milrose and he just didn't kick. It was, it was far back and everyone was like, yeah, he's going to come through. And then he just, he just stayed where he was. It's weird how he either kicks insanely and finishes first or like doesn't have anything left. And it's weird. He, he always seems to drop off and then half the time he comes back and then the other times he doesn't. It's quite weird. I, I remember him saying like in the Coffee Club podcast where he was just like, uh, I, I this, this is like the case because I'm not fit at the time. I'm like, what man, dude, you're not fit. I, I guess obviously because they have a you know, they have a really higher standard, you know, their their fitness probably is thinking like maybe 330 shape. So yeah. but it's just like man, that is that is a statement. <laughs> so which one are you choosing? Uh that just that that 3k from Oros. Oh yeah, of course. Mentions. Sorry, yeah, you said that, you said that. I don't know why I asked that again. Yeah. <laughs> so I I'm in two I'm in two minds for Holly's. But I'm just going to ask, Holly, why is it Keely Hodgkinson's 157, which is your favourite race of the year? <laughs> I, just, I don't need to give much of an exclamation, explanation there, but <laughs> I mean, she's just my favourite athlete. And like, I'm so sorry if you can hear singing in the background, by the way. Um, ignore that. Um, <laughs> it's so loud. Um, POV, you're in a college dorm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am in a college dorm right now. Um, well, she just like, her like, Sorry, it's so chaotic. You can't hear it. I can barely hear it, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. My sister's shouting okay, as well, so it's fine. <laughs> um, just like she just had such a huge gap, like her gap that she created in that race for like the last like I don't know four hundred meters. It was just insane. She was just kicking in. She was going, and I was just getting so hyped for her and the fact that it was a British record and like the fastest time in like twenty years. Like it's just. And it was her opening race and everything. I was just so proud of her. Um, it was just super cool to see. And yeah, I know you post on like Traxta, um, your story, like the, the best race of 2022 so far. And you said the correct answer was Yaka's world record, but I beg to differ <laughs> on that. Do you, do you, is, is that. Does that answer remain the same for, for, for Alfie right now? Is it, is it just, uh, is, is it that 15 out of record? It, it's hard to look past a world record. I, I think it is hard, but I would actually say maybe Keyless. Um, to be fair, now Grant Fisher has gone and run 26.32 and 12.53. It's a little bit difficult, but I would probably 26, say... 26.33 to correct you. I'm the correct. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> I, I would say Keely's race still because like the fastest time in 20 years and she's 19. Is she still 19? I don't know. Probably. I think she just turned 20. Actually. I think she did. Yeah. I think okay. That makes me feel a lot better about myself and what I'm doing with my life. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Keeley's 157 is probably my favorite race of the year as well. Because, like you said, the way she pulled away from that field and Natoya Gould, who came second, has been beating everyone else all year. It kind of just shows the class Keeley's in. I guess the class Affing and Keeley are in compared to everyone else is. It, it's a completely different world at this point. So, yeah, I agree. And that's also mentioning, like, stepping down in distance, too, in that 400 soon, you know? Just, like, she's, she's starting to step down in distance to get in the four. And, I mean, she, I, I remember she, she performed pretty solidly at British Champs. So, like, you know, I, I'm definitely curious to see if she can get under that 50-second barrier in the four. And 
and really because uh, I feel like that's going to be the way if she's going to like challenge yeah. a, a thing Mo, you know. So, and I think she knows that. I'm definitely excited for her. I, I think she knows that the way to beat Afing Mo is she needs to work on her speed. Like, there's no other way to beat Afing. Like, Afing will break the world record probably in the 800, and maybe even in the 400. So, you, you're dealing with potentially the person who will become the best 800 meter runner of all time. Like, Afing is essentially the the women's version of David Rudisha. And it actually probably even better over the short distance than David Rudisha was. So I think, you know, we're going to be looking at like a generational once in a lifetime type of runner. And so Keely, the way to beat, I think, is you gotta to be, work you, on you, speed. You definitely got to, you definitely got to clip this and, and, you know, put it on there just to, just, just, send just, Afing, just to see if we can like, roll some, some people out. Do you want to come on the podcast? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think she is. I think she will Love be. That. Honestly, I, I rate her so highly. I think, I actually think, I think is, I know it's hard to underrate a two-time Olympic gold medalist, but I think she is underrated in a sense. I think she's phenomenal. She doesn't get enough credit. And her, her contract and the amount of money she earns probably says otherwise. But I, honestly, I think she's phenomenal. And I don't think she gets as much hype as she should do, which I know she does get a lot. Um. Moving on from that, and this actually might be one of the problems, and I've just put here the biggest issues in the sport. I guess, Holly, let's start with you for this one. What would you think the biggest issues in, in the sport are at the moment? Just honestly, under-representation of the female athletes, for sure. Like, you see all these, like, any if you see, like, any, like, running account, whether it's Instagram or, like, YouTube or anything, it's just, it's, like, predominantly male like it's it's huge and like there's so many female athletes out there that are doing incredible especially recently as of this year there's been so many records and just amazing performances that just don't get appreciated or highlighted enough so I definitely think that's like the biggest thing that needs to be changed for sure because it's not even just in running it's in like many other sports that like females just aren't given enough credit that they deserve so that's why I'm here and um, I'm definitely going to try to um, work on getting the female athletes more represent, uh, represented. Um, I'm going to be starting to do the, um, I'm going to be consistent with the women Wednesday idea that will be on Traxa. So I'll be highlighting a female athlete every Wednesday as best I can. Um, and hopefully that will be a good start, but um, yeah, in my opinion, that's definitely the, the, biggest problem for sure it's just the underrepresentation. it's it's funny you say that and I, I, it's not funny you say that because it is definitely probably the biggest issue I actually my post-race interview on Saturday after my race which I won um if anyone didn't know um Go on. Yeah, I, we saw we saw that we said new new 5k personal beds you can yep. flex it you can flex it up <laughs> it's okay it's 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 casual you know it was just you know yeah I, I, I don't know um, but in my post-race interview, I said, like, I got asked, like, what was your, like, main goal for tracks this year? And I said, working with athletes, but also just increasing female representation in the sport. Because I said how we do it just as much as anyone else. Like, tracks does it as well. I, I like to think we're a tiny bit better than the other accounts, especially recently. But everyone does it. And it's even, it goes to show, like, if I post something, even if it's a women's world record, the, the, the amount of reception it gets because they've got predominantly male audience from posting predominantly male content, it's just not as much as a reception. And that needs to change because I think 
the the problem i think the main issue with it and why i found quite interesting was at the olympics uh, and also recently in the half marathon so sydney mclaughlin yes she didn't celebrate as much after her hurdles win in the olympics but i think statistically her time was actually better than carsten warholms but everyone goes on about how carsten warholms was by far the best race and actually even though sydney mclaughlin is more famous than carsten it wasn't respected as much and in that race all three women ran under the world record at the start of the season in the men's race i think um benjamin and warham did but i don't think the santos yeah. ran under it whereas all three in the women's race did and also recently in the half marathon gadai ran 62 minutes for the half marathon and that is potentially the greatest performance ever just full stop any distance any event ever and it didn't get any hype and kiplimo did it a few weeks ago and that got a lot more hype and now we were looking at again it, i'm i'm saying this now because it's i'm just thinking them off the top of my head the countless rohas in the triple jump she's if 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 Absolutely. um if a men's sprinter or a men even a men's triple jumper was that much better than everyone else they get so much hype i guess it's like mondo in the pole vault they're kind of the same so much better than everyone else breaking world records mondo japantis gets so much more hype than rohas so and rohas has the better personality um so i agree i think that is the main problem as well as i think um oh there's so many problems like copyright laws uh the way the events are structured structured and things like that what about you edgar Mm -hmm. i know i kind of went on a tangent oh it's it's all good no i totally understand i think to add on to that tangent it's like uh i think one of i think we also forget like say on the u.s side like for women for sure has to be like Brittany Reese in the like in the jumps like she was all like she's literally like the star or like the U.S. star for like you know for a long for, I'm pretty sure like for a long triple and she's just like her longevity over the years is ridiculous and now she just recently retired and she's even like I, I've even heard about the conversations she's had you know with uh with you know just just hearing off of like podcasts and such just about how she definitely believes that she deserves more recognition as she should you know just with all the accolades she's got so yeah, uh, to go into the uh, to go into like you know the, the issues right now with the sport, um, I think uh, I think for sure has to be the the access the access to get to the actual content in the first place with running. It's all over the place. There's a lot. There's a lack of transparency the entire time. Like for instance, if we if we were to say like in the U.S. here, and you're like okay, let's say you want to watch you know NCAA's, they're gonna say it's on ESPN. But they're not going to tell you it's on ESPN three. I did not know that, and so I'm trying to look. I was like, okay, is it on you know ESPN one, two, ESPN U? There's so many different types of networks on that. And we, that's the thing. We have all the networks. We have all the networks to offer. It just be just getting the attention out there and say, hey, it's going to be here. It's going to be here. Uh, like we know it's not it's not going to be on national television every time. But at least communicating to people on social media saying, hey, it's going to be on ESPN three. Or let's say it's going to be on NBC, but no one knows it's on NBCSN, or no one knows it's on Peacock Sports. And then the broadcasting itself, and I've even noticed it, it's, it's hard to commentate. It's hard to commentate races. Some people flat out literally are like just not in the position to go ahead and like just like, commentate a race. Let's say I remember watching like the Chicago Marathon. Chicago Marathon was horrendous because 
they, they literally just got the people who do the, you know, the, the, the daily news and they're going to go ahead and commentate a whole marathon that they have nothing, they have no knowledge about. So just throwing in, you know, just, just throwing your, in your average show to, to get in there and commentate something they don't know of. It's, it's like, it's like if you were to throw me to like, say, commentate, you know, uh, like, like a basketball match, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that. It might, it might be fun it might be a fun experience but not to the viewers so there's that uh just the access and uh I, that's I, i'm really truly finding just a lot of issues with that right now and i think um i would say another thing is uh probably just like the the, the constant the constant body shaming uh as well i said if you go on let's run you know which when you know what you're talking about like this uh, a lot of a lot of body shaming. Uh, even like now, we're we're starting to become more genuinely aware about hey, like you know, not everyone's going to be built like like Matthew Sensowitz. You know, not everyone's going to be built like let's say Constance Klosterhoff and aka KK. I mean Coco, excuse me, Coco. Shout out to Coco. But uh, you know, people are going to be built like Josh Kerr. People are. It's not even just like the the distance athletes. Like we should definitely encourage athletes like ryan krauser like his build is so strong so good for him and as a thrower it helps uh, it just I, I we just should not be body shaming so much on on the sport where it like it really can become so toxic it's it becomes just as toxic as gymnastics or like a lot of the super intense sports that can have coaches be like literally yelling at you for the sake of like why are you two pounds heavier today and it's just I, I hope we continue to stray away from that. Uh, it definitely is going in the right direction, but it's still an issue now. Uh, and just seeing comments uh, or, or just seeing, saying like, oh, like these people are washed because they look like this. I'm like, no, like this athlete actually a lot better now that they build themselves up, let's say with more muscle um, or like, or perhaps just getting more weight in general. And I've personally struggled with that over the years. I, even just recently, just trying to get into the track season, you know, took some time off from, you know, the fall and getting back on the horse. And I was the one thing I was struggling with was weight and the way I looked and, 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 and you know, I was posting it to Strava and saying, and just saying, this is not it. Like I, I, like I suck, you know, this is not a good run. Like, I don't know how I feel about myself. And it, it just goes, you, 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 eventually you basically lose every single time before you even start the run or the race or, or any workout you do because you, you jab at yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that. So just I, I just to appreciate anybody that's able to perform at the level that, that, they, that they can perform at. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just something that we cannot be always so harsh on all the time. Because I, I, there, there is always like a balance of, of like, okay, well, you obviously, for instance, like I, for me, I, I can't be 10 like 20 pounds heavier and expect to run as fast, right? Just from my build. I understand that reality, but just like if it's five pounds over and I'm trying to get back in shape, that that, that should not be like, or even just paying attention to the scale in general at that point, that, that becomes the issue. And when it becomes, you know, highlighted on social media all the time, that's, that's really just a knife to the heart for, for you know, for athletes such as me. And I, I talked to many of my teammates and how they dealt with it. And uh, yeah, I didn't mean to go so much on attention there, but just that's, I, I really keep that true to my heart. And just uh, if you're able to perform and, you know, in whichever way you do it, you can do it. Just uh, 
you know, screw, screw scale, screw, screw all the measurements in the world. Don't, don't overthink it. At the end of the day, you're getting, you're getting out the door and you're really putting one foot in front of the other. And that, that's just, that's the sport at the end of the day, if we're talking, you know, distance running, but, or, you know, or just your event in general, just, just do it. One thing I want to add on that is, um, I can't remember if it was when he was with team boss or with OAC, but Morgan McDonald did a video and he had someone come in and measure his body fat percentage in different areas of his body. And it wasn't to see if he was skinny enough. It was to make sure that he was, had enough fat and enough weight to make sure he wasn't getting injured. So that is something people don't actually think about. You can, and I, I think like it's like bring there's more like getting on, like get brought onto it, but there is actually a benefit of being slightly over the weight you need to be or slightly above where you want to be so you can remain consistent and stay strong and injury free. And that's countless times more important than losing an extra pound to try and be more efficient. Because in reality, it's not as simple as losing a pound. And then technically, if you've lost that weight, that means you don't have to carry that weight. Then also, if you've lost that weight, that means you're technically not strong. So that means your stride's not as strong. And you, there's so many different components. It's not just weight, less weight means you go faster because that's not what it means. So yeah, I feel like information on that as a whole needs to be much more well-known. And there is a line. And yes, if you were severely overweight, you would obviously not run well. But that's obvious. But it's it, the obvious part isn't where you actually need to be and what's healthy. Because there's a difference between optimum race weight and optimum health weight. And they're two completely different things. And you'd much rather be an optimum health weight than optimum health rate, weight. Sorry, I'm talking about a very serious subject and my sister's screaming in the background. Um, so someone please take over and say something while I mute myself. No, I um, I mean, I've also, like, I know that firsthand, just like what you just said, like, as I have, like, ev not evidence, but, like, I, like, for a, two years or so, this is getting kind of personal, I'm going to be very brief, but um, I suffered from eating disorder for, like, two years, and I was the weakest I've probably ever been. And I was trying to be a competitive rower and train insanely difficult, like insanely hard, but I was super underweight and I was just so fatigued and so weak and was struggling. And then I, after I stopped rowing, I just took time to gain weight and gain back that strength. And I noticed as I was gaining more weight and nourishing myself properly and giving myself the energy that my body needs, I was able to feel way less like just fatigued and I had way more energy to carry me through workouts. And I felt as strong, like the strongest I've ever been in like running and the workouts that I was doing. And it felt amazing. Like, yeah, I had more fat on my stomach. I had a little bit more rolls or whatever. And I wasn't as toned or anything, but like, to me, that doesn't matter. It's how I felt. And I was feeling amazing. And it's, it's so important to nourish yourself properly. Um, so big believer in that. No, I feel like we need to make this, the next podcast we do, I feel like we need to speak solely on issues in the mm -hmm. sport and stuff like this, because I feel like it's quite a good perspective as we've got a male and female, and then we've also got someone who's sort of integrated with athlete community, and I guess we all are, but I feel like it's quite a good collection of different people, from people who've used, like, seen the sport at different times and done different things in the sport, so I feel like we need to speak on that quite a lot, because I think that's quite interesting. And maybe we should make that a running theme, like actually talk 
like maybe find a few topics each time on an episode and talk about them in length and etc if, if you're interested in that yeah. and if anyone's listening is interested in that yeah then drop us a dm because i feel like that's quite a helpful helpful thing i am conscious that we're going to get kicked off the podcast again which means that we've been recording for almost an hour and wow. 20 minutes which is okay. flown by so i'll try and close it off in the last six minutes so i guess closing remarks on both of you and also what are you most looking forward to races wise in the next few months or so like i guess the world is just around the corner and stuff like that yeah uh you can go first on that one yeah obviously um the yeah worlds i mean that's i'm def- i'm a little bit behind in the races right now so i hope to catch up on all that um but yeah i'm looking forward to the worlds for indoors and of course in a few more months time uh world outdoor championships in oregon which i hope to go to but um yeah i'm just i'm super excited for any race that is coming up i, I just love watching all of them and um, personal races personal races what? for yourself personal races oh my god thanks yeah thanks for reminding me um <laughs> my mom and i um spontaneously decided to sign up for a half marathon um here in san diego in about about a month from now um never ran a half marathon before um so it should be interesting. So I'm just trying to keep the mileage going, like increasing the mileage a little bit by week. And I look forward to that. It should be, should be a good time. Um, I don't really have a huge goal in mind. It's just to finish it. And if I can stay in like 8.30 pace the whole time, that'd be cool. But um, yeah, that's, I look forward to that. Love it. Um, okay, I'd look so forward to of- a half marathon doesn't quite, it's not the right words to say, I don't think, but yeah, go, go on, Edgar. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay. We're, we're talking about like personal races or just like races in general look forward to? Let's go with both. Let's go with both. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. So as for races right now, just coming, coming up with our, yeah, we got, yeah, yeah, we got world indoors. I'm looking forward to seeing the diamond leagues right now. Uh, like just coming up. I, I want to, I want the diamond league season to come through. I want to see that, you know, that top world-class competition come in. I want to hopefully see Bowerman Track Club kind of sprout themselves in there, at least Grant and, and Muhammad Ahmed, because uh, just they they should be there. <laughs> if, if you're running 2630s, you should be there. Uh, I know, I know, you know, their, their coach is not really the best advocate to go ahead and you know jump in a jump in a diamond league, but it would be nice, you know, try to get some athletes in there. I know, I know, you know Gabriella Stafford's in there, um, you know, at times, and she runs phenomenal. So uh, definitely looking forward to those. Uh, Definitely looking forward to the 1500 meter final in, uh, in Eugene. Uh, I just, if I can ever get the chance to see that, that'd be fantastic. Um, and as for my own personal races, well, right now this week, I got a 1500 in Azusa. And I think if I can get under that four minute barrier for the 15, that would be fantastic. And that's, that, that's, that's really just what I'm, I'm looking forward to this week. I, I don't know how the rest of the season is going to go for me, but I'm definitely looking forward to, to this Saturday for, for that race. I can never look past races. Like I, even if I've got something really exciting going up, I'm never like, yeah, I'm going to look forward to that. It's always like next race. And then I think about the next thing. So I think that's good. Right. I'm, try, I'm trying to think off the top of my head what I'm most looking forward to. I think the world's outdoors and indoors is just going to be phenomenal, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be, I don't know whether to say it on the podcast or not. I probably can't say it actually. 
there's something I'm really looking forward to. What I can't say on the podcast because it's not officially a thing yet. And I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for just saying that because the people who, if they listen to this, know who they are. So, but there is something really exciting happening this year sometime later on in the year. So that's probably the thing I'm most looking forward to, which I know is annoying a lot of people because I can't tell you what it is. So that's just annoying. But it's it's something very, very exciting. I think personal races-wise, I think it'd be kind of fun to do, maybe try and get the half marathon world championship standard or try and run close to like, I don't know, 62, 62 minutes with a half might be a goal. What? I don't know. I think I'm racing Mo Farah in May. Technically not racing him. I'm going to be in the same race as Mo Farah in May. Might just run with him for as long as possible to get on the TV. I don't know yet. <laughs> I hope his coach didn't hear that because it's definitely going to be my strategy. But yeah, that's probably what I'm looking forward to, I guess, trying to compete outdoors and stuff like that. And the university champs, the books champs, which is nothing like it is in the US with the NCAAs. It sounds just the same though. If you say you won the university, British university champs, it sounds kind of good to an American. Not many people race it, but either way, they're probably my two things. Um, we are going to get kicked off, so I'm going to end it there. Thank you guys for coming on, both of you. I think you're an amazing two members of the team because I know we've got four members of Tracks the team, well, five, including me. So we've got Pierce and Max, and then you two, sort of hopefully different areas. And I think now, I finally got Wi-Fi in my house. We can actually get to work on a lot of things because these last few months have been pretty horrendous in terms of productivity. Mm-hmm. So now I'm ready to sort of get get in with anything. And everyone else, thank you for watching. And if you have got to this point in the podcast, then DM me on my personal account. Um, is that a horse in the background or a zebra or something? I don't know. In fact, I'm going to go with pineapple because Holly's got a pineapple pillow in the background and I, I always use the word pineapple. So DM pineapple again and we'll use that instead. Uh, thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>